Yeah, absolutely awesome to be here. Um, we go back quite a long way. Uh, Stu was actually one of the guys that got me into the sports industry. Um, I originally went to university and uh, done a degree in sports science. So I, I went into the industry from sports injury perspective, sports massage, etc. Started working a lot with professional boxing and I kind of thought, hmm, I've got a few ideas that I could look to tweak, but I wasn't qualified in that side of things yet. So uh, I linked up with a guy called Dave Parker, who you're obviously quite close with, yep. and uh, he was one of the guys that come in and actually taught me and helped bring me in. So yeah, we're going back, I don't know, maybe 12, 10, it's 12 years ago, yeah. something like it could even be more than that. But um, So that's, that's where I start back from there, and that was uh, originally with Grange Leisure Centre, who mm-hmm. was originally owned and managed by Stratton Parish Council and that's who I've worked for for the last 12 years that's, that's my bread and butter job and I'm there as the senior sport and fitness development officer which is you know quite a broad role um, so it includes managing the gym the classes etc um, but I've also been very lucky to go out in the community and do a lot of work with um, sort of underprivileged kids um, disabilities adults and um, lots so many different projects and but at the moment I'm trying to work on something called uh, Gloves on Knives Down, which is uh, an anti-knives rally, and we're trying to implement uh, mixed martial arts training over at Grange Leisure. So, uh, yeah, very rare, very, very rare. I can't even talk. Varied. That's that's the word. Varied. And Um, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have you uh, on board as a sponsor for Rage as well, which is is awesome. Happy to back it. Do you know what? It's something we've been talking about on and off, and one of my only stipulations every time was um, I wanted to make sure Craig was on the card um, when he was doing it, and then he was in and out and on this card and Cage Warriors and whatever. And that was always my stipulation was I want to come and support the show with my guy. Um, and now he's back on Raged and, you know, it's, it's it was a no-brainer. So it's, it's brilliant to be involved in. Um, been to a couple of the shows before and they're just, they're so well run. They're so professional. You see um, a lot of, I think a lot of fight promotions, especially local, that they might they might not be as professional, and I think it, it it has a reputation. And yours, when you go there, it's 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 like going to, you know, a local UFC event. It's really well run, um, which is what kind of made me want to get involved in it anyway. And I just think I think it's such good such good events. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Oh, thank you. That's really really kind of you to say. Um, I think anyone that knows me and who's known how long I've been involved with uh, you know sort of promotions and that side of things knows how much I put my time and my effort and you know I just put everything into it you know and I, I just want to I want to make it that good and each time I want to make it a little bit better and you know I'm very much a one one man army you know I run it and own and manage it myself but I have a great team behind me so I certainly couldn't do it without the team I've got behind me so many great guys behind the scenes um you know I couldn't do it without the great fighters and the gyms and obviously all my sponsors as well so it's it's a, it's a real team effort and it's just grown from strength to strength and um, fortunately I'm in the position where I'm in and obviously I've got Craig Rawlins back on the bill as well yes, it's not a it's not a show about Rawlins and <laughs> he's fighting in front of his hometown and and he did very much start um, you know when I wanted to do mixed martial arts and try promoting that it was very much hmm who, who can I get on um, you know I, I was doing the calls doing the rounds I'm looking at starting a promotion would you be interested? And, you know, people hadn't heard of me. People didn't know who I was. Maybe a few people knew of me through boxing and things like that. And, um, and eventually people started to come around and, and give it, give me a shot. And, um, you know, I've always tried to be straight down the middle and very honest and opened. And, you know, I'll go out my way to try and look after the fighters as best I can. If I can do something, I'll do it. If I can't, 
I won't be able to do it. And uh, I like to think I've, I've got quite a good, fair reputation for people, and yeah. I do the very best I can. Yeah, I wanted to get to that because way back it was all it was all boxing. Everything was boxing. Hmm. Um, Rage is five years old. Rage will be five years. Um, it it kind of come at a funny time, really. Um, I was, you know, I've, I've worked in professional boxing for, for over 10 years, worked with a lot of fighters and doing their strength and conditioning and doing the cuts and that side of things. And uh, I even dabbled in in promoting some boxing shows myself. Uh, and I still do. I'm 50-50 on a, on a, a white-collar boxing event with uh, Kenny Owen, which is the KO promotion show. But back then I was, I was um, doing other shows and... Um, I just started, I think I was just taking on far too much, you know, at the time I was trying to move house and that was going on, I had a lot of stress from work, stress from the shows, I had so much going on and it quite literally led me to a mental breakdown, like, you know, I, I never suffered from depression or anxiety, you know, that I was aware of um, previously and, and it really did, it took its toll on me and um, I sort of buried, you know, buried my head in the sand for, you know, about a year, didn't really come out and I'd never been signed off from work for long, long-term sickness before and um, it was awful and um, until one day I was out in town, you know, just bumbling around in a world of my own trying to do a bit of shopping and I, I bumped into Oz, Michael Osborne, who, um, who started SVT, which was originally part of the Scorpion Gym. Oz is the first professional MMA fighter to come out of Swindon. And he said, um, you know, what, you know, what's up, you know, why don't you get back involved? Why don't you do a show, do something different? Because at the time, a lot of people were trying to do boxing and yeah. everyone's stepping on each other's toes and things like that. And he said, look, no one's doing MMA, not, not really in the Southwest. You put on a good show, you do it well, why don't you do it? He said, I'm there, I'll support you. And I thought about it and I thought, um, maybe, I need, maybe I need to focus. You know, I've taken a bit of time out. Because at the time I was like, right, I'm done. You know, I just want to focus on getting well, being there for my family, but I need to be busy. I need to be doing something. And um, so sure enough, I, I started working on that. And over a couple of years, you know, I started to gradually feel a little bit better. And, um, you know, and the show's grown from strength to strength. And, you know, I'm very thankful that, you know, I bumped into us that day and yes. I had that support and, you know, it's, it's helped bring me out my shell again, really. It's given me a good focus and, um, you know, I've helped build and everyone else has helped build rage into what it is today and still growing. So it's kind of a cool story that is, is come in that way. And, you know, I'm certainly not, you know, I still do have my issues and my ups and downs of things, but I think um, being involved with different people and meeting new people and certainly bumping into guys in sport, professional sport that have suffered similar sort of um, uh, mental health issues and things as me, it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So, and that's also helped drive me and do more work within the sports development side through Grange Leisure mm. and I've been able to work and do things for, for people that do suffer with mental health and things like that as well so it's everything's kind of interlinked everything's yeah. one one domino's hit another one and, and everything's open so I want to come cool. back to the mental health side because I think it's such a massive area right now in, in terms of people's awareness of it obviously it's always been there but it's a it's people's awareness of it is a bit different now so I want to come back to that um but just, while we were just enraged, did you um, did you think about the timing of that in terms of how you hit the crest of a wave five years ago? Like Conor McGregor's just coming up, everyone's starting to be aware of MMA a little bit more, starting to be involved in it a little bit more. The hardcores have always been there; people have always been interested in it, but it was always kind of bubbling under the surface. And boxing was kind of, you know, the 
whatever the, the kind of glorious cousin, so to mm. speak, of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then MMA, especially when Conor took on, they, they took off in terms of what he did. I think people started paying more attention. Definitely. Um, so, do you think that 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 played into it? It that's that side of things with Conor McGregor and you know big names like that. You know, they certainly brought MMA into the mainstream. That wasn't wasn't the reason I got into it. I mean, I hadn't heard of Conor McGregor at the time. You no. know, he. It wasn't a reason why I sort of got onto it and pushed it, but he just helped when people yeah. started thinking, "What's this? What's this MMA stuff?" Or the the thing that um, a lot of the lads usually joke with, uh, they say, "Oh, you do that UFC stuff, don't you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which is always quite funny. But um, yeah, I mean that, that stuff helped. It dro- definitely drove things forward. But it was just all about the timing, really. I, I wanted to do something different mm. and something that hadn't been done. You know, I love my boxing. I've been involved with boxing for years, but I just wanted to do something different and I wanted to do something, you know, for me, for, for myself and, you know, and see what I could build up. And, and it just happened to be a little bit of a niche. There's not really um, much in the Southwest in terms of MMA events, um, but there's a lot of gyms. Yeah. And a lot of people that want to get on, a lot of people want to compete. And um, so it, the timing just was kind of right, really. And um, everything's kind of fell into place. And, but yeah, the likes of these guys and big names in UFC and Bellator and so on, it's, it's just carried it forward. And yeah, the last five years, MMA has just boomed. It's the fastest growing sport in, in the world. Yeah. Um, it still is. And, um, it's still I'm, so young. Yeah. Is it 20 years old? 20, so 20 years old, um, I think UFC is. But, um, you know, Valet Tudo, which would have been before UFC, it wasn't wasn't really, really looked, it wasn't called um, MMA or yeah. anything like that. It was just like a no hold bars and then mm. and it was just it was it was quite underground it wasn't really televised or not very often but it's just boomed and it's just got bigger and bigger and one thing's led on to the other and yeah uh, unfortunately fortunately now that um the rule set and the sanctioning and things like that that's definitely helped because it's legitimized hasn't it yeah because the no holds barred things kind of you know it's, it might be cool to dip into and have a look at but you're probably going to cringe at some of the stuff that's going on oh, so it's crazy yeah have so, you ever had to deal with anything bad at your shows um, I've always had such great crowds. I'm touching wood as we speak here. Um, the support, I'll tell you, tell you the difference. Again, it's no disrespect to boxing. I love my boxing. But I've generally found that when you when you put on a boxing show, you tend to have a little bit more of a livelier crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them think that they can get in and do it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> But with MMA, it's almost like you've got that martial art um, respect. Yeah. And... When people see um, other guys getting elbows, knees, kicks, and so on, normally they just go, oh, actually, no, I couldn't do that. No, no, no fair play to them. <laughs> so there seems to be a little bit more of a, a of a respect that goes with the crowd. But I also think that's because the crowd tend to be a little bit more educated for mixed martial arts because boxers, boxers, you know you know what you get in there, yeah. punches. But when you see two guys rolling around on the floor wrestling – this is what's changing now, but yeah. I know, you know, certainly for me, before when I first seen it, I thought, what, what are they doing? They're just rolling on the floor. Yeah. Didn't get it. No. Didn't get it. And I know there's still a lot of people that don't now, but, you know, obviously going to jiu-jitsu classes and things myself now and jiu-jitsu getting bigger, mm. that's certainly been a massive help as well. People jiu-jitsu, understand it Jiu-jitsu's um, really blown up and that's been huge for the sport as well. Yeah. I think that's the thing you get, if you watch a, if you watch an event, a Bellator or a, a UFC on the television and you kind of, you, if guys are on the floor for a little while, there's always a pocket of the crowd that start booing because yeah. they don't maybe get the fact of what's going on on the floor. Maybe they can't see it from where they are, but you don't get what's going on. 
I remember I started, I did maybe six months of jiu-jitsu just because I wanted to know what I'm looking at when I'm watching an event. I didn't understand it myself either. It helps you when you train the guys as well, right? Because you get an understanding, you know, I think me and you both share the same sort of interest in functional fitness. Yeah. Um, we look at how the body works and the way the way it flows and what you're training. So to understand what they're doing is, is a massive thing. Massive help, yeah. To get And to not only just the movement, but the energetic sort of, demands of that sort of thing doesn't look like it's going to be that hard work and you are rinsed after a few minutes it gasses you yeah so that was what got me and I, and I and i think you just you learn more from it and understand a little bit more about the sport you you are you become a much better trainer for it but you also understand and i think this is really valuable you understand what it's like to be completely dominated and kind of go oh okay actually in a really vulnerable position here so how often do you see people kind of giving it the big and puffing the chest up thinking they're whatever and you think well actually it's pretty easy to get completely annihilated by someone with no punches and that's really interesting i found that fascinating it's, it's so humbling um i mean i've been going to gracie mm. gracie baja jiu-jitsu um and the pat reeves now and i got lucky to go and train out with um some of the guys uh, who coach for hicks and gracie out in uh, the states a few oh, wow. weeks ago um i'm i'm an absolute rule novice i've been doing it for a couple of months mm. Um, something I've always wanted to do but never had the time to do and then Pat was like come on right you're doing this let's, let's start training and I've been enjoying it I've been loving it but there is nothing more humbling than getting submitted by someone who's literally half your body weight yeah. and I'm, I'm fresh meat I'm walking in and they're rubbing their hands thinking this guy he's a big dude but yeah. we know we're going to take him down and I, I just laugh because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm in trouble here. Yeah. I'm in trouble here. What are you, you know, I'm probably doing the most common thing where I think, well, I'm, I'm quite a big lad. I'm fairly strong. So I kind of pin them down. I hold them down. Them. But I gas out after a few minutes yep. and then they're like, right, here we go. And then I'm done. Which, is, you know, I'm laughing because I, I understand it. It's like, it's part of the process. And yeah. everyone said to me, look, first year or so of jiu-jitsu, man, it's like, you're just going to, you're going to get humbled. And, you know, I'm still like that. I'm, you know, it's not put me off or anything. Yeah. There was a guy out in the States who, uh, who I was rolling with, um, uh, he's uh, he's a high level in Aikido as well, but he's he's doing jujitsu out there, and he's an amputee, and uh, on uh, with his with his leg, and I was I was kind of like, oh, I'm definitely going to roll with this guy, like you know I want to you know this this see if it makes a difference, and he said he uses it to his advantage, and sure enough, he was just all over me. Really, same thing. He was a lot smaller than me. He said I couldn't move when I had you on top of me, and I was squeezing him as much as I could, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, he was slipping in and out of things and catching me in, God knows what, and that. Yeah, it was humbling. But again, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, it's so cool that these guys are just ruining me like this. But some things are starting to stick, and you know, and uh, you're certainly not going to see me in the cage, that's for sure. But I, you know, it's, it's nice to be involved in, and train and be a part of it and have a better understanding of what, what the fighters go through. Yeah. And that's a, I think that's always the interesting thing as well with when it comes to MMA, is you've got so many things to, to think about, so many disciplines to focus on. And it is a case of you're pitting wits against someone else who's got equal skills in certain areas. It might have been the same areas as you, but they're a high level in fill in the blank and you're a high level in something else. And I think that's really interesting. That's what makes it fun, right? It is, yeah. So it's, you know, you look at the, who the you know, you would say something like Khabib now, who's obviously he's the champion, the best at that, that weight category, but he's, a, he's literally a one trick pony. And yet that, po- that one trick, it cannot be stopped. So it's everybody's game plan seems to be, well, if I just catch him <laughs> you're hoping i catch him and i've got 25 minutes on the floor if not and it's it's fascinating the trends seem to change as well it's like you know i think when it when it first 
started blowing up. You know, a lot of people were like, okay, yeah, some jujitsu guy seems unstoppable. But then everyone thought jujitsu was unstoppable until they met a great wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look back at, I think it was at Uf- is it UFC one or UFC two when um, Boyce Boyce Gracie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he basically sub subbed everyone through uh, with his jujitsu. Yeah. Ken Shamrock thought, man, I think I can better this guy. Yeah. So in the rematch, when they come back, Ken Shamrock just pinned him down, out wrestled him, outworked him. Didn't get the win, but that was back when there was like the, there wasn't supposed to be any time limits and no. things like that. And uh, he roughed up Gracie. You know, in in the end, it was it was awarded a draw. But you know, he used wrestling to compete with jujitsu. Yeah. So it's like you think you've got one one good move. There's something else that might counter that. So. Yeah. Let's see what's going to happen against Khabib. You know, can is there going to be something else that uh, that he's not prepared for? Like yeah. Sambo as well, the the Russian uh, martial art. You know, there's a lot of elements in that that the you know some you know might take a good Russian guy to come and beat Maybe. him. Maybe, yeah. People keep saying that the best bet is Tony Ferguson, and we'll see because he doesn't really get that tired, and that's what Khabib's great in for. Yeah, so that might be your best bet, but I just think it's really interesting, it's fascinating. Um, so yeah, so the, the show that we're about, we're, I'm going to be promoting, I'm going to be sponsoring, this is going to be, um, coming up soon. So this, this show will go out way after. Um, so my question about that is, is because you're, com- you're competing in a way with, for talent, when these guys go off, I know like people like Kenton have gone, or Kent Calpin have gone off to Bellator and so on, mm-hmm. um, Phil with Cage Warriors and that kind of thing. How do you then... Is it a case of it's a feeder thing where you're trying to find new people all the time, or are you are you reaching out your reach further in order to bring people in from other gyms around the, the not even southwest but further? How how do you make sure you can fill up a card when you could lose people that way? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a kind of a both situation because I'm always looking you know to to bring on the next talent, mm. um, and again I think it goes a lot about reputations and working with people because I think. If I get one guy on, I think let's let's see what this raid show is all about. You know, if I if I do the best I can and you know run a good event, then they're more inclined to say, actually, we got a few more guys. Can we get them on next time and, and so on? And that's how a lot of it's come. Um, I've, I've put on a couple of guys on one show, and then before you know it, they want to get the whole stable on. Mm-hmm. And there's so many guys that you know, lots of Bellator, Cage Warriors, and UFC. They can only get so many guys on. You know, yeah. There's a lot of guys out there that want to make a name for themselves. They wanna, they need to propel their careers and what they're doing, which is at the moment where, where I'm at. Really, I'm sort of, uh, you know, the feeder show for a lot of these. A lot of guys are sort of pro- propelling onto the next level. And I'd say, as far as um, when you do get the, because Kent obviously has been on Rage and um, Phil was on Rage as well, and they've they've gone on and got signed and got contracts on these other shows. One, I want to be able to be that show where people are passing up to me that's that's mm-hmm. the end goal I, I want to be that show eventually but I, I find it a huge compliment to be honest with you it's like you know a few people did say oh you've lost Kent now he's gone to Berto and I'm thinking that's quality mm. you know Kent, Kent's been fighting on my show for a couple of years and he's gone on to Bellator that's insane Yeah, that's so cool that means they're going to be playing highlight knockout reels of Kent on Rage yeah. they're going to be talking about Rage you know it's, it's, it's free promo it's like oh that was a good show that he, he come from it's it's cool, right? yeah. And um, and you know, there's nothing to stop these guys from you know if their contracts run out or whatever you know they can come back to me. I'll, you know I, I I try and, you know, I'm on good terms with everyone. You know I, I take good luck to them. You know I I support them. You know I, I give them plugs. Like when Phil's fighting on Cage Warriors or Kent's fighting on Bellator, I'm I'm still plugging them on, mm. on from Rage. You know Ken was our 
our heavyweight and light heavyweight champion. It's like, you know, these are cool things that these guys have done and yeah. I support it. And like I said, it, it brings people back and um, people are more aware of the show. And uh, as I said, we get one guy on and the rest seem to follow. I think going back, might have been the first Rage or the second Rage show, um, I got pointed towards Olympians. It would have been Olympians gym at the time. It's now um, Sweatbox gym in Bristol. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Reed was the head coach there. I think I got one 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 guy from there. And we built up a good relationship, and um, now they want to. They, they try and pass us all their fighters. Let's, let's get them all on that show. It's mm -hmm. great. Get them all out. Same with Trojans Gym. Um, same, same sort of thing. You know, we might have had one fighter on there, and when they know I've got a show coming up, like, right, Gary, we've got about four or five guys. Can, can you get them out? We, you know, mix of amateurs, mix of pros. And I'll do the very best I can to get them on. So I've built up quite good relationships with some of these gyms as well, and mm -hmm. certainly helps having Scorpion Gym in Swindon as well. Yeah, um, that opened up a lot of doors for me as well. Um, so yeah, everything everything's kind of fell in place, really. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's funny you say that. I do think to myself, oh god, what if anyone wants to sort of be on the show? Like you know, that, that does make my heart sort of flutter a little bit. But but each event kind of builds onto the next one. It's like if we get one guy who wins it, it's like oh, hang on a minute, he could fight this guy next. That that builds it. That's the next thing. How does matchmaking work? Because you've got to do all of that as well, I guess. Yeah. So how do you know? Hence my grey hair. Yeah, I'm saying. Um, so hence, like, if you think about it, how, how do you know, um, well, this guy says he's an amateur at 4-0. and How do you know he's not like 26-0? and How do you figure that? This is the tricky part with, with MMA. As, as you said, it's, it's a very young sport. Um, with the likes of box, professional boxing, amateur boxing, you've got things like box rec and things like that. And all of their results and scores are legitimate and things like that. So you can research the fighters. Mm -hmm. With MMA, it's still quite new. So there's not like one big sanctioning body or anything like that. You know, each promotion is is, is essentially running their, their own event and, you know, deciding what rules set and so on. Generally, I, I follow, you know, the, the core fundamental rules that most events would do. Mm -hmm. But in terms of researching and learning about the fighters, we, we there's a couple of... Um, Good websites and information out there. You've got Tapology and you've got Sherdog. Now, if if it's a legitimate show, then their results should be on there. We, as promoters, you you should be sending in your results for every fight you do. So, any any time I put a show on, I send my um, all the guys that I had on their links, their pictures, their details, uh, proof of where the event was, who I am, etc. So I send them all this information, so they upload their results onto their uh, onto their site. So anyone else that thinks, oh, you know, where's Craig Rawlings been? For example, oh, he's been on Rage Call. He's he, he's got a win there, or and so on. Yeah. Um, Tapology is quite good because they tend to just upload it and update everything for you as well. Tapology seems to be very good for amateur shows because they're put on all the amateur results and things like that as well. So between the two, mm. when I'm sort of researching fighters and things like that, I tend to have a look. But there are still, like you quite right spot out, you could have a guy that's, you know, moved over from, you know, Eastern Europe Europe or something and mm -hmm. say, you know, um, it's my debut or I'm 1-0 and things yeah. like that. So it's, it is a combination of trust, research, um, a number of those things. It's interesting because that's the thing, especially on a, on it's a bit different on the pro side because you have like an interval and the pro the pro guys come out, but like the the amateur side, it, it's got to be a little bit of like a. I'm hoping that this guy either is is has some skills and doesn't get himself lit up, and also hopefully this guy isn't just some sort of world class level 
Do you know what I mean? And that's, it's got to be a little bit of that. It's difficult, isn't it? With, with the amateurs, um, you know, there's not money in, in the amateurs really other than sort of what, ticket commission and a bit of travel allowance. So for, for the amateurs to get involved and compete, it's really got to be like your love for the sport. Mm. So to, to lie and say, I'm this, I'm that, to get a fight, it's not going to do them a lot of favours because... Right. All right, they, if they make that mistake and they think, oh, this guy's done this, he's, he's, he's a liar, then he's not going to get on any other shows or he no. shouldn't be getting on any reputable shows anyway. So, you know, they're, they're in a blackballing themselves if they... And there are a few out there. There are a few people that have dodgy records and say they've done this and say they've done that and people that use different names and things like that. So, but, you know, working in MMA, you, you, you get to talk to a lot of uh, coaches and promoters and things like that. So we all, you know... I, I tend to pass advice and vice versa to, to other events. So yeah. I know um, Trojans have got uh, the melt, Meltdown show in in, in Bristol. Um, I think I think it's Bristol, out that sort of way. And, and then you've also got um, there's never a show out there at the moment. Uh, the Sweatbox Gym guys are starting as well. And we're both like, you know, these are my dates. I don't want to clash with you and yeah. so on. These are my guys. I'll make sure I get one new. So it's, about, it's about work, working together, really. Do you ever go along and watch their shows? I, I try to. I try get to. Some creative ideas, I guess, in yeah, it as well. Yeah, get, get some good ideas of things. I, you know, I've been to some Cage Warrior shows and things like that, and Ultimate Impact shows I've been to as well. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for going. And to, to be honest, I go there. And I, I watch the promoter on the night, and I just watch him flapping around, and think, yeah, that's that's, that's me. me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me, yeah. It's, I suppose it's difficult for you to sit back and actually enjoy the show at that point because you've got so much invested in it in terms of everything's got to go right and smoothly, and everyone's got to get out of here healthily and all that kind of stuff. It's a difficult one for you. There's a, a lot riding on everything, and you know, financially, it's a huge gamble every time because you know I'm. Aside from a few sponsors, I'm, I'm essentially funding myself to do it. And sometimes, you know, been fortunate a lot of times it's paid off and I've covered myself and, you know, and I've some, sometimes I've done well, sometimes I've not done so well. Um, but I will always make sure that I'm the last person to get anything out of it. I, yeah. I make sure all fighters and anyone that's owed anything are covered. Um, I want to make sure I've got good medical cover and things like that. And I'm always looking to improve little things like that. Um, but yeah, it's like there's so much riding on it, so much to think about, you know, security and, um, you know, sound lighting. It's like we had a, a, a little issue crop up um, in the week, like my guy, he's going to be doing the film and he said, oh, I haven't got this cable or whatever, I, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do we need to do? And he said, right, don't panic, I can go to the shop and hire this. And I'm like, great, do it. Just let, let me know when you've done it and then then we're good to go. And he's like, yeah, mate, you don't need to worry about that. I'm like, cool, okay. And then I've got like the DJ and the, sat and the lighting and stuff to worry about. And then, uh, and it's just keeping everyone all together because that's a hard thing. You know, we've got about 40 guys on, on this bill uh, mm. coming up. And luckily I've got some great guys out the back. I've got Sean Harper, who's um, sort of been one of my, one of my guys from day one. Every, every event I've ever done, I've always had him and his help. And he's a, what you would call a whip. Yes. So otherwise, you know, backstage manager, maybe he, he makes sure everyone's gloved up and ready. Right. You're on in five minutes. Boom, boom. He keeps it ticking. Um, <laughs> There's a lot that goes in. Even things like people's walkout music and stuff's got yeah. to be the right person. That's, the right a night, that's a nightmare as well. Because I can imagine. I put my, I try and update everyone through social media and things like I'll give them a running order. This is the weigh-in time. This is what you need to do. You need to sell your ticket money. You need to make sure you bring your CD or USB stick so we know what track it is mm -hmm. and so on. And you drill this into people, but 
yeah. nine times out of ten, they're like, I'll still get a message on the day like, what do I do with my music? Who do I see? Uh, what time's weighing? It's like, oh, oh. It, it's, it's the same. It's the same thing, and. And yeah. they're stressed out as well because they're making weight and they're yeah. worried about the fight and whatever. So, yeah, they're not going to be thinking as well as they should be. So. Yeah, cutting weight's a massive yeah. thing uh, for these guys. There's some crazy weight cuts. It certainly has an effect on, like, um, you know, their brain function. I mean, yeah. they're so dehydrated. It's You know, they're, it's, you see them when they're walking around, guys that have done crazy cuts. It's like, like they're drunk mm. on drugs and stuff. It, you know, it affects them so much. Where do you stand on that? I, this is partly why I've started doing, because um, when I started doing the raise shows, it was like, okay, so you've got this weight class, this weight class, you know, stick to them. And then when I when I looked at it and I thought, why can't I add more weight classes? It's my promotion. It's mm-hmm. my show. I'll do what I want. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, I started thinking, well, do you know what? I'm going to do a super weight title. I'm going to do a super featherweight, you know. And initially, when I saw that sort of thing of boxing, I thought, oh, it's just for more money. It makes more, you know, creator time. More belts. Food, yeah, more yeah. belts. It's a pain in the house. But I, I've had first-hand experience of guys trying to cut, like, 10 kilos in a day and stuff. And yeah. it's like, and I think, God, that's so bad. And it's like, all right, they might make weight. But I, I think I think your body takes at least 48 hours to rehydrate yeah, properly. It takes a while. So if, you're t- if it takes 48 hours to rehydrate and you've cut weight, a crazy cut the day before... You're going into a fight massively dehydrated. You know, you, you, there's less protection on the brain. You take a whack and then you're out and, mm-hmm. and, and so on. So it's, it's dangerous. So that's why I've tried to create more. Well, I haven't created them. I've just followed suit with um, like boxing and yeah. some other promotions. But I've, I've supported it. It's like, let's create these little catch weights in between. So, you know, like 70 kilo lightweight to 77. That's a seven kilo jet. That's, that's big. And yeah. You know, you, so you could theoretically get someone who is getting in there at seventy-two kilos, and someone who could be getting in there at eighty-five. Like it's, just, you could have a big difference there when yeah. it comes to, like, the, you know, if you look at um, the UFC when like Conor fought Nate, that was a huge difference. Second fight yeah. was a massive difference. Because Conor didn't even make that one seventy; it was less. Probably walking around. Yeah, he's probably putting on muscle. So if you cut one person cutting down to that, obviously you're going to have a fresher fighter and whatever, but you can't really make up for. A seven kilo difference that's a big big difference yeah and that that weight make you know that weight will be detrimental and especially when people are pinning you down and mm-hmm. but yeah i mean that's 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 why i think i think the weight cuts are crazy um it's, it's hard to stop it but i think all we can do is try and give these subcategories as, as more options yeah. so we can create uh, title fights we can do this um, so I think it's a good thing because it's got to be healthy for the guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of pros and ex-pros, and you know, they, they're all for it because, you know, seventy between seventy and seventy-seven kilos, that's, that's such a jump. It's like they're killing themselves to make seventy, but they're too small for seventy-seven. Yeah. So like, um, you know, a super lightweight or lightweight, however you want to call it, something around sort of seventy-four kilos, or whatever. That's kind of you know, it's, that's bang no on. Man's land. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a good it's a good point to do it. Yeah. That makes sense. So um, let's go back to um, talking about park, Parkwood now. Yeah. So you, your, your day job, um, talking about Parkwood Leisure, they've taken over Grange and uh, yeah. sort of council run. So um, how's that transition been? Because that was a year, maybe? Not even? It, well, it's been in talks for over the last sort of year, but it's, it's been a couple of months now since right. they've taken Maybe discussing it. it with me a little while back. Yeah. Um, so how has that how's that been? What's the difference first off? What are they doing with the with the centre? Well, now the the parish council offices 
they've been vacated, so that's going to give us space for a, a new fitness studio, which is awesome. Because one one of the issues we always had was trying to put on classes. Yeah, oh, we're going to have to cancel that because we've got a wedding or we've got um, a meeting, etc., etc. And uh, and that was always the toughest thing because I'm like, as a as a sports manager, I'm like, oh man, you know. But for the business, you you've got to go with. You know, always know you've got to go. What's going to bring in revenue at that point? Yeah. But now the great thing is now the offices are all vacated. It's, we're actually going back. If anyone has ever been to Grange Gym, a, you know, five six years ago, um, they remember the old gym, which was right next to the old uh, where the reception was. That's now been stripped and it's going back to being a fitness studio. So that's going to be awesome. So we're going to be able to fit a lot more classes in there and do a lot more and um, be a nice aircon room. Because I know, you know, if you get in the summer and you go in that sports hall and yeah. you've got to keep your fire doors shut and things, it's hot, it's sweaty and so on. So everything's going to be, it's, it's going to improve so much by having that extra space. Of course, we're still going to have our Stratton Suite um, other studio area. So that's going to give us two rooms that we can do that. In fact, if we include the sports or three functional fitness um, areas at the time. On top of that, we, we're getting a virtual spin studio built in there, which which we're really excited about. And, you know, f- for years people have been asked, why don't you do spinning when we get it? And as much as we'd like to do it, we just didn't have the space or anywhere to keep the bikes or put the bikes and things. So it's just um, now, now we've stripped out um, old storage rooms and things like that and it's being completely revamped and built and, we're going to have this, uh, you know, all the lights and all the music and the big screens and all that side of things. It, it's, and it looks really cool. I mean, it's not ready yet. We're aiming uh, end of December, early January for it for it to come in. It looks incredible where uh, the plans are coming in and I think it's going to be brilliant. And it's, it's going to it's, it's going to be a great relaunch for, for Grange. On top of that, we're getting a massive revamp within the gym as well. So we're going to get all new equipment. We're going to get all the, you know, everything all all tarted up and looking looking great it's, it's um it's going to bring the center it's going to bring it back again um we were fortunate to have a little bit of a revamp a few years back and uh and now we're we've got a bit of time money and investment in the place mm. and it's just gonna it's going to be great the good thing about the center is it's um it's a community center as well it's a community-based gym um we're that gym that pete you know you go to a lot of different gyms for different reasons i like to think of us we're a gym for everyone mm. You know, you, if you walk into the gym, we've got such a vast, varied uh, memberships in there. You know, we you know we've got all sorts of weight, shapes, sizes, abilities. We get everyone in there, and I absolutely love that. You know, I, I have guys from MMA like, can can you come and train me? Can you do some strength and condition? Cool, let's bring you in. On the flip side, you know, I've I've got a, a guy who's eighty years old. He come to me on walking sticks, on crutches, on a GP referral scheme. Mm-hmm. He was profoundly deaf, and um, now he doesn't use his walking sticks. I take him on the pads and stuff now and again. You signed him up to the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rage seniors. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. But I love that. I love the, the variation of it because I can be training an elite level athlete from one side. And then I could flip it back and I could be working with a GP referral or someone who hasn't been able to walk or get up the stairs or, you know, it's, it's so different. And I love that staircasing thing to people. It's like, you know, I can't get up the stairs, you know, I've done this, I've done that. I'm like, okay, let's, let's not worry about that. But can, can you step over, you know, this or can you walk on an uneven surface and just this, you know, I think people look to, they're looking at that end result, which might be quite far away, mm-hmm. but I'm like, look, let's strip it back, let's get you doing this first, and so they've always got that sense of achievement, they're achieving something every time, and I love that, and I love seeing when, when people do start hitting their targets and their goals, and 
you know, I, I get as much joy from seeing an 80-year-old person, you know, pick up a weight or do something they've never been able to do before as what I would see through, like, one of the MMA guys or a boxer guys doing some crazy stuff like, you know, a crazy circuit and they absolutely smash it. Yeah. I love seeing that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, everyone, out, you know, in between, you know, we, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people see the circuits I do and they think, oh, I'd love to try that. I'm like, cool, let's just keep this book you in. Let's, yeah. Let's do that sort of thing. And, um, and then we've got the kids. We've got junior gym sessions as well. We run three junior gym sessions uh, a week. We do that on a Monday, a Wednesday, four till five o'clock, and on a Saturday we do it at ten o'clock in the morning. And that's from ages ten to fifteen. And uh, again, we just we just want to make it fun, you know. Yeah. It's like kids want to come in. They want to you know, they want to go on the treadmills and they want to put on the pads and do a little bit of boxing. They you know they want to do some small weights and things like that. And it's about just giving them little circuits and you know just trying to make it fun for them, you know, I don't want to make it too regimented and because we've, we've tried, you know, having 15, under 15 year olds um, in all at once, I think initially the thinking was, let's all get them doing this, let's give them all program cards. Mm -hmm. The reality is when you've got 15 kids all in there and you want them to follow, so it doesn't quite go to plan. They're excited so, and yeah. Yeah, so I like to give, give one guy a little bit and I'll say, right, why don't you try that next? Why don't you do that next? And that's that's great for me as well. I, I I enjoy that. I like working with the kids as well. And I've seen so many kids. You know, I've been there for a long time. It's, I've been at Grange nearly 12, 12 years, and I've seen so many kids come up through the junior gym, and they've gone on, and they've and then they're fully fledged members, and they're getting jobs, and they're adults, and it, it amazes me. It make it, I find it amazing to see some of the, some of these guys come up and get older, and yeah. And it's a weird one because you, you you do kind of blink and go oh wow I've been doing this for this long like it's yeah it's amazing how quick that time goes. Um, I still feel eighteen, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a it is a real strange one because I was I was um, with a, fr a friend who was in the gym this morning who was a real close friend of my brother's at school, and of course my only recollection of that is messing around in the playground and. Is your little brother and whatever? It's a completely different thing. He comes in and he's you know running a business as well and talking about business side and the family and I've got this with the kids today and you're kind of going, whoa, when did that all happen? Because you, know, you almost press pause on school and those yeah. people stay like that in your head yeah. and it's it's so strange to see you know 35 years old or whatever and it's all it's all moved on it's all progressed it's fascinating it's very interesting. Um, that's cool though so it's I think the one thing that's nice with, with, with the Grange is that it's always been there I'd hazard that it always will be there um, you've got gyms that pop up and disappear and whatever and get taken over and change hands and you know think over near where you are you've got obviously Nuffield is a big one yeah, you've got, um, you've got there's one, a new one going in a new there. one over in Greenbridge um, what is that going to be which one's that going to be do you know um, do you know what I don't know the name of it. it's, it's another 24 hour based um, just weights gym I believe um, of course, you've got the Simply Gym and so forth. So there is a lot in the area. Yeah. but They offer different stuff. Yeah. But I think the key thing for us is, you know, we, we just try and be consistent with, with what we do. You know, obviously, not not everyone's going to want to go and lift weights all the time. Not everyone's want, you know, we everyone offers different things. But I think we, we try to be inclusive as as we can. Mm. And, um, and I think that's the key for us. And the big thing is that community type feel you know we we are a community-based gym and uh people know they can come in and they can sit down and have a coffee with me if they got if they got an issue you know yeah. um it's not for me anyway it's not all about just just take the money get them in get the numbers in like 
I, I, I like to try and learn people's names and I, you know I like to say hello to everyone and, and so so with my staff the guys that work there as well and I like to have a laugh with people you know we yeah. like to do little challenges like you know can you do more burpees than the trainer and things like that I like doing stuff like that and you know I'm working with kids and then their parents come in afterwards it's 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 got a beautiful sort of feel to the place and and that and that's why I've always stayed with the place that's why I've always been loyal that's why I've stayed there you know I think initially I went there um I think I finished uni I'd done my degree in sports science and I was you know specializing in, in sports therapy and massage and rehab and that side of things and I thought oh you know I could do a little job to keep me ticking over here and uh you know I went in initially as a, as a center assistant I thought I'll stay here for a year mm. and then they said um you know if you thought about doing the uh, the gym stuff and I thought I suppose it would be helpful and I'm just thinking long term so, you know, yeah I might as well and then so I've done that and then they're like mm, let's do a level three and let's do a functional training course and, and everything you know they they invested their time in me and you know I I love the place and you know I still do it's quite important to me and that you know that's why I stay there and uh and that's why I like helping people there it's, it's, it's great and obviously that's, that's, that's where I met you you know going back with those years ago I, could, I remember you know I'd heard of this guy Dave Parker oh Dave Parker he's the guru in sport and swimming and I was like, yeah. I was like this, this guy's cool man he, he knows his stuff it's like every question I asked he, he knew the answer I thought yeah it was great and um, I remember they said right this, this is Stu uh, he's, uh, he's going to help teach the, the course and stuff and I was like oh, okay and I remember going around and you giving us a few ideas and things like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this guy's probably only a year or two older than me and he's smashing it. I thought, mm-hmm. was, okay, this, this is cool. So, yeah, I could, you know, that's, that's why your name's always stuck with me. And, and that's why when I seen you doing the T2 Fitness, it made, I knew, you, I knew you was a good guy in the industry and I knew I could ask you for support and mm-hmm. help and advice and things like that. And that's, that's why, you know, I sent my team to... You know, T2 Fitness, you know, I know you've put a number of guys through yeah. over the years through T2 and, you know, we still do. If they, I think Claire, uh, Claire she, was re- one of us, yeah. she recently done the uh, the pre and postnatal. Yeah. Uh, That's always telltale to me when someone does a course and then gives it six months, does another course because they want to better their career and move on with things or whatever. I think that's always telltale when they don't think twice, it comes straight back to you. Um, I think that's always, that's, it's, it's better than any form of kind of paid for marketing. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. because your reputation stands up, and that's important. It's really important. Same, same as that, and that's what goes a long way. There's a lot of there's a lot of MMA shows people could probably jump on. Yeah, but I hopefully my reputation makes it worthwhile. Same as there's a lot of courses, there's a lot of level threes and level twos people go on. Mm-hmm. But I think people choose you because they oh that's you like that's that's yeah. a good guy. That's right? where you go, which is it's lovely. It's great to hear. So for whenever us. whenever I have the opportunity to send people on these courses and things like that, I'm like. You know, drop, drop Stu a message. You know, he'll look after you, and you know, he'll set you up right. I think because Harry done, Harry done, done his level two, and he's currently doing his level three with you. He's as doing well. his level three distance as well, which is great. So I, I sort of said to him, "Listen, it's a it's a brand new offering, the distance, complete distance learning. So you know, I need I need you to let me know how you're getting on with everything. I will check in with you every couple of weeks and see how you're getting on and any questions or whatever. And bless him, he's forever. He'll send me a little message on Messenger or whatever and be like. Uh, I'm really sorry to bother you. And I'm like, that's what I'm here for. Like, Harry's great. Bother me, you know? It's not a problem. And it's, I think it's, it's that sort of thing where a lot of places you get qualified and then you go and try and find a job. And you seem to do it the opposite way around. Find the right people and then yeah. help them to get qualified, which means you always look out the integrity of your centre, which is huge. We try and build them up um, like our way. Mm. Um, 
you know, there, there's a way. There's you know, we we do some with Parkwood um, Leisure. We we do something called like the members journey, and it's very much you know having six points of contact. Like you you have your gym induction. We we follow you up with a, you know how with a phone call. How how was that for you? Was everything going all right? And then you follow it up again in a couple of weeks. Then try and get a, get them a gym review. Mm-hmm. So you, you're trying to keep that contact, and that's proven to keep your memberships yeah. you know coming as well. You know they 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 want that support. I certainly don't want people to come in and, and join join our facilities and think well I'm just left to it. And even when I have guys that you know. I'm, PTs and you know people who've got good gym knowledge, you know, been training longer than me and stuff like that, and and they and they come in. I'm like, oh, I don't really want induction. I'm, you know, I've used the gym for years. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I said, but just know that there is, you know, if you do want to try something different, you know, you might be great at picking up weights, but if you want to try something functional or you, you know, want to do a bit on the pads or whatever, so just give us a shout. So yeah, we, we we book you in, and I think that's very important to to offer that because a lot of gyms and people are so focused on getting that next member in, mm. they forget about the current members. You know, it's like, hey, let's do this, let's get them in, get them in, get them in. What about looking after the guys you got? And I, I think that's that's very important. Yeah. I heard a, a story from a, from a former student um, recently and he said that a gym that he used to work at in, in terms of like a chain, mm. um, he was asking one of his former colleagues about how it's going and whatever, who works in the membership side and they kind of almost sign off on the fact that they're going to lose 50 members a week and they're going to gain another 50. And that's okay because the numbers are the same. And that's, I cannot get my head around that. Like the numbers might be physically the same, but the people aren't the same. And you've lost 50 people per week that aren't either not using the place, aren't happy with the place. That's, that's huge. That's numbers. massive. And that, that cannot, how you on a head office level go, that's okay. That's the, that's within numbers. That's within our targets on our whatever. I'd, that, I'd be really questioning what's going on with those 50 that they're leaving, like six yeah. or seven people a day. Like, how is that possible um, that you're not satisfying those needs? And there can only be so many that are moving away. And there only could be so many that just, you know, it's, I, I'm not. That's all from one gym, is it? Yeah. Wow. The same club. So it's, um, it's it, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, but whether that's, I think we don't see it on a club level. But maybe at a head office level, you see those numbers from across your whole estate if you've got 40 clubs or 50 clubs or whatever it is. Um, because the bigger you get, as you know, the bigger you get, the personal touch probably isn't there as much. Um, and that's with members as well as with staff. Yeah. So if you think you know, a, nas- a national club might, might lay down the directive of how um, the personal training product works and how um, you know, the invoicing system works or whatever it might be. And that's now spread out across an entire country. Well, not every place in that country works the same way in terms of revenue, in terms of income, in terms of whatever. So it's very difficult to just have this nationwide approach to something without losing something in terms of personal touch. Um, and I think that, that goes across the board. So what you're doing with that and the community feel, and it, that's why I say it will never go anywhere. Like Grange will always be there because it's got that and people can always count on it. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, people are, they're, they're going to look at new places. It's, it's only natural if a gym pops up and, oh, they got this, they got that. But mm-hmm. I think, okay, you know, if, but when you stop using that pole, when you stop using that sauna, it's like, we're still here, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think, you know, you're paying, in the end, you're paying like 50, 60 pounds a month for, for what? You're yeah. not using the facilities and things like that. So, you know, I think, I think people come around and like I said, we, it's the same in Egypt. You're never going to keep everyone happy. All no. you can do is try, and you know, I, 
uh, you touched on it earlier, like you know, we do we 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 look for the right staff and we and we try and train them up and bring them on, you know, bring them on board. And then when we think okay, they're doing it our our way and how we want to do it, then then we can invest our time and you know our resources and money into which what we've done with Harry and. Uh, mm-hmm. And Claire, obviously, with with the courses and things like that, and you know, I'm, I think I remember I spoke to you initially. I said, um, so I've got this guy called Harry, um, young lad. He's I think he's just seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. um, keen on the gym, quiet as you like. Um, you know, I think I think he's clever, but um, he's he's just not out of his shell yet. And you know, he's completely his level two. We've got him in doing you know because he come in as a centre assistant and just started using the gym and bits and pieces and. But he's just come out of his shell so much. Like confidence is there. Um, his training, his diet's on point, and things like that. He's putting me to shame. You know, he's looking shredded. Yeah, he's you know he's he's looking he's in great shape. But what's great about it? Like he always wants to know more. Like yeah. um, you know, he's you know, oh, what would I do if I do that? Why am I getting? I'm having this issue, and he's not afraid to ask. Yeah, and I think that's it's, that's really important as well because you know I've done stuff for a, a number of years, but. I'm not afraid to go and ask someone for help no. or get a bit of advice. No. You know, I've, I've got a couple, you know, there's a few guys that come in and use the gym that are other personal trainers. And I say, you know, because, you know, big power, you know, deadlifts and things like that, that's not my forte. You know, I know what, what to do and, uh, you know, I can implement it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, someone who, who specifically does that is going to know a lot more. And why don't you try moving your hand and do it? Just, just little things. Yeah. Whereas like, I could probably say something functional, like, okay, you want to, you want to train so you can be a bit, you know, you can do this quicker or you know, more effective in your job, and that's kind of like my bag. You know, yeah. I, you know, that's where they would come and see me. So I think you, it's important to not be afraid and don't, you know, you people learn of people all the time. Yeah, um, I've seen some kiddie in junior gym doing some crazy thing with a power bag before. I thought that's quality. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great little idea. I'm like, I'm using that. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm using that. I had a student a couple of weeks ago who had a teaching point for something it was like an analogy for something and um i'd never heard it before i was like that is fantastic that's such an easy way for someone to because everybody does whatever the movement was everyone does that so that's great that makes perfect sense i'm going to use that and i think you you can always learn like from from other people i mean we we have um um obviously alongside craig we train uh, nathan our footballer um now before we went away with him in the summer, I I bought I bought him into he into the club um, to work with Paul for an hour, um, who's a, one of our tutors, because it was we were looking at an issue that was way more down Paul's lane than it was down my lane. So why would I try and fumble my way through it if it's not really my thing? Yeah, just because I've got too much ego to say that I need help, that doesn't make any sense at all. So if Paul can help Nath better than I can in, in this instance, then I'm going to put them together for this and and. From there, Paul, of course, because again, it's the same as we bring up our guys, and they want to be the they they we have to fit the mold. Yeah, you know, I've known Paul forever, but you have to fit the right mold to come and work with us. It has to gel, and he was all for that. Yeah, great. I want to make sure he's ready to go for the season. So let me come and help you, and then when he's gone, I'll give you a bunch of advice and tips on how to get him ready for the sessions in this way and that way. Perfect. So you can you cannot go in through. Maybe there's a sweet spot, like the first few years, you're eager to learn. Maybe there's a few years there where you think you know everything that's going on, mm-hmm. and maybe after you know a few more years, you're kind of going, hmm, okay, I've been there long enough that I'm okay at what I'm doing. I know I'm good at what I'm doing. However, um, there are other areas I need to step back a little bit and understand that I don't know. Yeah, um, the, the ego kind of disappears after a few more years. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? 
Um, so let's let's um, double back. I want to finish off talking about the mental health side of things. So um, you you were going through some bits and pieces. Um, yeah. So it helps you, I guess, to be able to relate to to that aspect, and it's something that now is is kind of close to your heart in terms of working with people in that sort of thing. So tell me a little bit about um, your approaches to things now when it comes to if you've got someone that comes in and they are suffering with depression or anxiety or whatever, what sort of thing do you, because we can't profess to be counsellors and whatever, so what, what was your approach to that? Because people are going to get that in their industry. Um, initially, really difficult. Um, I, I work with a lovely lady, Anne. She's like my second second mum. She's like my work <laughs> mum. Anne is our steps to health liaison officer at, at, the, at the gym. And she had been like a rock for me um, for everything I'd been through. And, um, but she would always say, oh, Gary, I've got someone coming in. Would you be able to look after him? Or, you know, I'm not on shift. Like, yeah, no problem. And I remember she sorted a couple of GP appointments out with a couple of people with sort of anxiety issues and depression issues. And I remember this was going back a few years ago and it was still, you know, I'd just come back into work. I was still very low up and down and struggling myself. I was like, you know, I need to try and stay busy. And I remember I met with this one client and he was so low and down and depressed I really struggled I found it really draining trying to be upbeat and trying to be positive for Mm -hmm. him when I was feeling horrible on the inside I I wasn't feeling great either so it can be quite difficult but I think there'll be times I'll say I'm I'm struggling at the moment myself you know and like like you said the ego thing it's like rather than me trying to stumble through when I'm not feeling up to myself you know having someone great or other other people in your team that don't worry, girl, I've got this. Mm. You know, I'll help you with that. And then going back to them again, like right, that didn't work for them. That drained me. Let's 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 try something different rather than you know, folk, you know, let them waffle on and talk about all their problems. About actually, let's focus on this. Like you said, you want to be able to. This is your goal. Why don't we try that? And just try and give them like little glimmers of hope. Just just little little things, you know because in a way it's like I'm, I'm there with you I'm, I'm going through hell too mm-hmm. um, but I, you know things like that could be really difficult but if I can set up just like little targets and little goals and, and they achieve those little things and they feel good about themselves then it's less draining on me mm-hmm. um, that's certainly been difficult with that side of things but the, the more I've tried to deal because I you know when I first started suffering I you know I I'd done the typical male thing where I said nothing to anyone. Bottled it up. I bottled it up. I was losing the plot. I had some real dark thoughts and scary thoughts. And, and you know, when I did, you know, suddenly start opening up, I had the typical, you know, I, you know you'll be all right. You know, just, you just got to think positive. You just got to do it. And I, I wish to God I could just do that. I wish I could flick it off. And a lot of people do the typical, but you've got a great family. You've got a, you've got a house yeah. and all that. That seriously made me feel more guilty. I mm-hmm. felt I felt worse when people would tell me that because they're like, "Yeah, you're right." So why why am I why yeah. am I like this? Why am I being so ungrateful? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know what? And that, and that would just bring me to tears all the time. I, I'd see my daughters and I, I could just feel I feel myself welling up all the time. It was just, it was so unbearable. Um, I found that so hard to to work with, and um, I decided um, let, let's let's try it like I did with it with the rage for let's let's pick something you know I say I'm quite fortunate to do sports development as part of my role why don't I do something um, positive within my job and it would just give me a bit of a focus again I thought why don't we do a charity climb and um, and it, it was real tough work um, trying to get a team together but I had 
I ended up taking about 50 people to, to climb Mount Snowdon with me and that and we raised a couple of thousand pounds for Swindon Mine Charity and again at the time I was still going through hell I was really struggling trying to put this thing together but so many people come along and supported it and mm. just off the bat um, I think the, the, um, the local paper coming up um, come and interviewed me and, and they said oh you're right for us to talk about it and why are you doing it and and that was it I kind of just opened up I poured my heart out oh, I, was wow. like, I was like yeah um, yes yeah, because I, I struggle myself and and that was it. And then as soon as that article went out, I had so much great response from people. Like, I had no idea, Gary. I didn't think you struggled like that. And it, that I had so much nice support from people. And I was, it, it does kind of normalizes it a little bit. Like, well, actually, you know, a lot of people do struggle. Yeah. And um, when you see what was also quite helpful and positive for me is like when people would say, I suffer with that, Gary. You know, you're not the only one. But don't worry, like, it can get easier, you know, like just don't give up, just keep going, keep doing what you're doing, um, keep trying to get help and keep working at it. And, you know, things, you know, things don't stay the same. Mm. You know, everything changes. It might take a little longer. It might take a week, month, year or whatever, but nothing stays the same. So just keep at it. And I, I always try to keep that at the back of my mind when I was really struggling. And, you know, when I go for a low point, I'm like, come on, you know, this will pass. It will pass. It will pass. And, you know, sure enough, the first uh, mountain climb we done, we, we you know got such great feedback because we'd done it. I thought, well, let's let's try something else. So the the following year, um, you know, I felt a little bit better myself. Still, you know, lower times and struggling, but I thought, right, this time we're going to do Ben Nevis. Mm-hmm. And again, I took about fifty people up Ben Nevis with me, and uh, it was great because I had so many people come into the centre, want to train at the centre. Also, I had guys and friends I hadn't seen for years that said, "I'll come, I'll do it, I'll do it." Fantastic. And, um, I think the first time we'd done it, we we took we sorry we, when we done Ben Nevis, we we took a coach up there, and it was it was almost like a like a lads' holiday, you know. I had all my old mates from school and college and things like that all sort of come and support it, and they all put their money into it, and we, you know we had such a great time. That's but brilliant. on the flip side, he's I'm still doing something good and positive in the community. So again, I've been quite lucky in that side of things. Like, you know, I'm trying to do something to help myself and others, but I was looking if that was part of my job role at the time as yeah. well, and that was really cool. So. I, you know, we've gone back and we've we've revisited um, Snowden a couple more times. That's always been awesome. But I always try and do it for those charities. You know, I am a supporter of, you know, there's so many charities I've been involved in, but the mental health side of things is, is quite close to my heart and I will do what I can because, I, you know, I don't think anyone should have to suffer and mm. go go through that or go through what I've done because it is. It's, um, it's, it's heartbreaking, really. Um, I've actually teamed up with uh, a friend of mine, James Hackett. He's he's doing something called the Inspire series, um, where he, he focuses and follows on different stories. And he's he's asked me to be a part of it. And you know about my journey and my you know pretty much a lot of what I told you how I got involved with Rage and through my work and things like that. But it's all about promoting, um, you know, getting people to speak up and, and do something about it. And so that's that's quite a cool thing that I have coming out soon as well. But that's all based on mental health and that's great um, and that side of things. But you know, the, do you, do you think it's a, it's people's awareness or is it actually a growing problem? Do you think people um, are just more aware of it now that it's always been the yeah. same, or do you think it's been? I think people have always always struggled with with mental health. Um, I'm sure, but I think just because the culture it has very much like you know stiff upper lip, you know this, uh, you know plow floor keep going keep going and it's, it's almost like you know a guy and it's tough for women as well mm. but you know it's very much very much like oh, guys don't open up as much yeah. you know that 
there's proof in the, the fact that the male suicide rate is so much higher. Uh, I think I think this male suicide rate um, between 18 and 35 that's the biggest killer of men. Wow, it's, it's you know it's, it's worse than cancer and um, and things like that. I mean it, that those numbers are so high and I, you know it's a big thing to have a target for. But I, I keep thinking to myself, I, I want to get those numbers down. Mm. I want you know people. It, sh- it shouldn't be happening. Like people should have that support. People should be able to talk. But still, it's very much like. It has got better, I think, because I think if it was 50 years ago, there certainly wouldn't be like the outlets and um, no. advice centres and people wouldn't want to talk openly about it. So I think it has, is people are a lot more aware of it, people talk of it a lot more. But then at the same time, there's still, if people, I think if people haven't suffered with it or understand it, there is very much like, well, come on, just shake it off and yeah. things like that. And I don't think people mean to be rude or, or mean to come out like that. I remember having a discussion with my friend and now who's in a group chat and I think he commented, he said, oh, I've seen your um, video go up about mental health or, you know, what's the problem? And I said, well, I don't really want to discuss it on Mm. our WhatsApp chat, but, you know, if you you must know, this this is what's been going on. You're like, I think the word, well, it's like a crap, mate, just carry on. Mm. And like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. The ignorance of it. But that's the thing, what's the problem is if you can go, well, here's a problem, here's a solution, job done. This doesn't work that way. So... It's, um, I don't profess to understand enough about it to really um, be able to delve into it, but I know that I'm seeing a huge amount more in terms of it's okay to talk. People are happily sitting to talk about it and open up about it. And, and, and also I think people understand that it's not, it, like you said, got a lovely home, family, all that kind of stuff. And when you see like a celebrity saying, I've really suffered with this, then it puts that in perspective as well because you kind of yeah. go, oh, it's on all levels. So it's not a financial thing. It's not a whatever. It, it could be, but it's not maybe the root of it. Um, so I think people are understanding actually a lot more about the mechanism behind it. It's not It's not simple. It's not a simple thing. Absolutely. Um, anxiety and depression doesn't discriminate. No. It, it, could, it could literally happen to anyone. Great way to put it. It's, so many people are like, oh, Gary, you're flying. You can do it. I'm like, I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel it. And you know, I think if, if I did if I didn't have some of the friends and support and um I had around me today, I have you know, back then, like, it's horrible to think, but I, I really don't know where I where I'd be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think opening up and speaking to people around support it's literally saved my life. And you know, that is that is the truth of it. You know, the the way I was going, some of the scary thoughts that were going through my head, it's still, it breaks my heart to think about it now and it, and it scares me like, God, what if I ever slip back? Mm-hmm. That creates more anxiety and, you know, it, everything leads on. You know, I'm so, you know, I feel so paranoid about certain things. I, I could read a text message from someone and it might, you could read it from a hundred different ways. Yeah. My heart be racing until I speak to them. I've got to speak to them. I've got to speak to them because they think, I, you know, I, I read it so, so many different ways. Or if I think someone thinks... Um, something bad about me. I think that's why I try to be as fair and as nice as I can in, you know, in in my job and the MMA and things like that. Because I I just I don't want people to think ill of me. You know, yeah. I want people to think. You know, I might not always be able to do the best, but I'm certainly I'm trying my best. I want to get on with everyone as much as I can. Yeah. I, you know, I try to please people, but that could be draining as well. Because you because yeah. you, you just can't keep everyone happy. No, and, you can. And not everyone's going to like you as well. I'm sure no. there's a lot of people think, ah. Oh, 
there's that guy who does the MMA show and that, he, th- he thinks he's this and that. And he, you know, I'm like, spend a bit of time with me because I'm not like that. No, at all. he's not. I'm so not like that. You know, but if you're a promoter of a, of a of a fighting show, it must be. It's crazy, but that, yeah. that must and be some right. dodgy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some dodgy guy putting fights on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, final thing there. Tell me a little bit about your um, knives down gloves on. Yeah. What's that about? So um, yeah, so this is going to be the the latest project I'm, I'm going to be working at um, over at Grange. Um, the the knives down gloves on project. Um, the, the idea is knife crime in Swindon as well as the UK. Um, it, it's growing rapidly. It's it's so it's such a huge problem at the moment, and uh, and it's, it's happening everywhere. Mm. And the the age range that this is happening at is is unbelievable. You know, I've been fortunate to be welcomed into. Some of the meetings with um, Wiltshire Police and things like that, and they give me some insights on where and what's happening and things like that, and the issues with the county lines, with like the drug dealing and that side of things, and you know, people just don't realise how big the issues are. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, Aaron Webb, he's um, he's a youth worker in the area, and I said, "What would you reckon about if you know I was to do some sort of project just to get people off the streets, engage them, but rather than just say, you know." do this and lead them to it is is put them through a training camp as if they were training for a fight Mm -hmm. because um a lot of time you know you get these teenage sort of guys who you know they they think they're Andy they think they can have a fight but they want to carry a knife I'm like let's show them you don't need to you don't need to carry a knife you know let's 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 get the discipline in you let's train you how to look after yourself properly so you don't need the knife Mm -hmm. you don't need to be involved in that so hopefully we can capture those who do think that they need it and they think they need to walk around now, you know, a bit of protection, that side of things. Let's, let's see if we can bring those groups in and let's educate, let's train. So we're going to give them fitness side of things. We're going to try and give them like some healthy lunches. And um, I've got Gracie Baha Gym on board. They're going to be doing the jiu-jitsu side of things. And I've also got Scorpion Gym on board. Brilliant. So I've got um, Dan Hughes, head coach down there. He's going to be doing the striking. So we're going to try and hit an approach. Like we, we're going to train these kids up and we're, we're going to train them like it was a training camp. It's going to be a six to eight week um, course. We want them training a couple of times a week. Um, and we're, we're going to try, uh, at the moment, we're just sort of liaising with the schools and the police, how, how we're going to approach it. But what we want to do for some of these kids, we, we, we're going to try and include it in their curriculum. So a lot of the kids um, that we're going to be looking at and that's going to be referred to us, the police will refer to us, um, some of these kids that have been in trouble at school, possibly expelled, suspended and so on. So these are the kids that they said, actually, what would be good is if you can have that part of the curriculum so they can come and do it as their lunch or their their um, lunchtime class or something like that, mm-hmm. we can implement it as part of their their day. Because, That's brilliant. Which makes life so much easier rather than just trying to find a slot in the evening and, and then you've got to wait for, you know, can they get there after school? You don't want it too late and things like that. So we're looking at doing it in the daytime, which would, would be great because mm. it's a quiet time, you know, we can get more done with, with the training and it works well for both the, the coaches as well and hopefully it will slot in and fit well around the, the kids at school. So at the moment we're in the phase where we're trying to get... Um, we're trying to get funding at the moment. Um, hopefully, Stratton Parish Council will fund the project, uh, as well as other local authorities. And um, we might even do like a you know a GoFundMe, just giving style page. Just so really, what we need funding is you know we need to pay for the coaches, we need to pay for the insurances, the hall hire, and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, and a little bit of equipment. So it's not going to take an awful lot. 
but what we're going to do, we're going to run this, run this course for I think six to eight weeks that we're planning on doing it. If they like it and they enjoy it, which I very hope that they will, then there's the opportunity to have a little bit of a scholarship with Gracie or um, or Scorpion Gym as well. That. If they love it and they like it and they want to compete, great. You know, that's the next that's the next phase. That's the next batch of guys coming through. If they don't, hopefully at least they can take away a little bit of discipline and think, well, do you know what? I don't need to carry carry this blade around and, and do things like that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went in and had a talk with um, St. Luke's School and uh, another school. So these are a couple of schools, what you regard as the behaviour issue sort of schools, and um, I got invited to go in and talk um, about the project and other numerous things to sort of keep kids off the street, and you know, which was cool. And, as I was there, you know, I explained what I wanted to do, and a lot of the kids, you know, really thought, "Oh, this is this is cool. That's great." And I remember I come home and I told my daughter about it, and um, she said, "Oh, you should uh, you should come into my school." I said, "Why?" Because all, all the lads carry a knife or a blade. And I'm like, "What?" Oh, and I'm like, my daughter's 11 years old. I'm yeah. thinking, this is great. So what I've done is kind of open up a can of worms again now, because I'm thinking. I'm looking at this one section, thinking we need to sort this, but mm. it's actually it's huge. Like the, wow. you know. You, you know, you wouldn't believe like the amount of kids that do carry knives and uh, you know stash their knife. The statistics are shocking. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to go into some and meet some meetings with the police and uh, the council and and find out what's going on. Um, you don't, know, I t- you don't don't hear of it. You you really don't like one. I think at the moment, I think the the biggest time or the worst time for knife attacks are either on a Tuesday or on a Thursday between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So that tells you that the majority of these attacks are happening just after school. Just after school. So that also tells you they're either bringing a knife into school or yeah. they're stashing it somewhere. Yeah. You know, so it's like, how, how can we stop that? What can we do? You know, we, we need to do something within those hours or in that to break the mould, to, yeah. to, to, to break that down. So that's something, again, I'm very passionate about. It's, it's taking a bit of time to put together I'll get a bit excited thinking, right, let's do it next month. But, of yeah. course, everything takes time and, uh, you know, we're working towards it. So it's very much a case of watch this space. Um, I'm going to be liaising with the police um, and um, their their community officers to to put the right to refer the kids mm-hmm. onto the course. Um, but, yeah, we if, if it goes well, then there's no reason why we can't do it again. Yeah. So not only, the you know, is it a great community project, we're trying to keep people off the street, reduce the knife crime, and also, it's my passion as well. It's mixed martial arts, so if mm-hmm. I can get involved and do that, and it's part of uh, part of the job as well. You know, happy days if Love everyone that. wins. So, busy times. That's good. You're really you're doing the right things every time. I love it. Um, so, thank you for coming in and talking to us and taking the time of your day. And, Pleasure. Um, and I will I will see you this weekend for the fights. Um, obviously, these will be long done, and Craig will be a champion after. Um, by the time we put this one out, um, but I will I will see you on a weekend for the fights and thank you again for coming in. Um, just want to say huge thanks uh, to yourself T two for and T two Elite for sponsoring the show. Um, massive thanks for supporting what we do over at Grange Leisure as well. Um, so you've been good support to me for advice, equipment, courses, and things like that. And um, you know it's great to have you on board with everything I'm doing.